Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6NERDS5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, voted as one of Denver's top ten nerd cat pa- nerdtastic podcasts by Denver Westward. I'm Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw 1917. Stay tuned for after later in the show where we tell you if you should see the movie or not. I'm tired. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. It's like uh, you skipped a week or something. I had a stroke. Right? <laughs> I didn't even skip a week. I was here. Well, we didn't do the regular show last week. That is true. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll tell you if you see the film or not, play the trailer, then uh, spoil the film from history. Um, and yeah. And we talk about movies we've been seeing the past week, movie news, and Blu-rays that are coming out. Yeah. That's what we do. We got a lot now. Blu-rays. How was your, how was your New Year's, guys? Kind of. I mean, we did a show. You were there. <laughs> we did a show, but you know, our well, other was, show was so long that... It was three days after New Year's, too, yeah. so... Um, you ready for 2020? Yeah, I mean, nothing's going to stop it. Can't stop it now. I, I prefer 48-hour investigates. So yes. See what I did there? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Boo. Nobody watches uh, <laughs> late-night mystery shows anymore, do they? Oh, no, there's a whole channel devoted to them. Uh, no, Isn't but Discovery ID all? That's all they play? Yeah, but don't, do I mean, do they watch them on the network that they were, like, originated I from? I don't like, know. I don't even watch network TV really much anymore. My parents did it once last year, <laughs> but then my dad switched back to ESPN, mm. so... <laughs> I watch ESPN all the time. Is that considered a network show, channel? No, it's cable. Is that still cable? That's cable. But it's pretty mainstream, though, now, I guess. Yeah. Um, They've won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I will point out, Brad, there's a great article featuring you on Voyage Denver yeah, that, yeah. that I read. That You you sound come across really good in that interview. Do I, I? I was shocked. Yeah. Um, uh, I, someone referred me to Voyage Denver, and they profile local people in the community and like what their businesses are and what they do, and... Yeah, I just told told like it is. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, no, it's uh, your company, Nebulous Visions, is celebrating its twentieth year. Twenty this, years of this doing year. mediocre. <laughs> no, it's not all mediocre. The stuff I'm in is really great. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the other stuff, we'll see. Yeah, uh, but no, it's uh, it's cool because obviously I've known you for that long, and it's cool seeing your evolution 
um, as a filmmaker because, you know, you go back to, is it still PC to say Slave Pikachu? Uh, helper, not. uh, <laughs> Pikachu helper. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I mean, it's, it's oh, funny. I mean, he just helps you cook and stuff. It's not like he's really yeah. doing stuff, but I remember when you were doing it, I always loved, uh, when he cleaned the room and it went, Pika Pika. And I, you know, and, um, as you grow as a filmmaker, it's really rewarding as a friend to see you, um, pull that stuff off. And, yeah, the, my first video, that, that was my first like college video and it's, after 20 years, it's still the one that the, with the most okay, views well, in It's because cool. it's Pikachu. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just cool seeing you grow. I like that picture that they posted for it. It just looks slick, look professional. Oh, I mean the one Eileen took of me at AFP? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do headshots. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you need to? You're, you're who you are. It's, it's just a great photo to lay into that article. Yeah, I like how yeah. the background like project with my head in between the layers. <laughs> <make it look laughs> like reject. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so accurate yeah no it's good um, yeah i also uh re-upped for the 48 hour film project oh did you signed nice. up um nice i didn't it, know if you're gonna do that this year i don't still know if i am but they have a refund policy of two weeks ahead of the oh, okay. thing so might as well get in while but it's cheaper i i know you and you'll when it gets close you'll get the creative thing yeah. going and i was seriously considering producing it but then i talked to chad and there's some things that i don't qualify for to be able to what, do so by being awesome money <laughs> Yeah, you're better served as being a creative voice. Yeah, we'll see. Agreed. Because even um, surprisingly that your stuff wasn't in the best of this year, I thought visually is one of the most interesting things you've done. So Thanks. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Probably the most elaborate yeah. visually you've done. How about I write your story this year? This is going to be a bunch of people fucking. Mm. And then you're going to have no a dude. No one's done an orgy. Well, then you'll have a dude walking around with a bird mask saying Fidelio. And then I think you'll... <laughs> Win. See, that's what separates it art from porn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is what is uh, the plural of Fidelio? Fidelios. <laughs> that'll be the that'll be the name of your <laughs> Fidelia. Fidelios pictures. Yeah. <laughs> the the bird mask that turns like the universal dick. globe. <laughs> <laughs> this way, when I was watching 1917, they had so many of those intros for different movie companies i always think of the family guy mm-hmm. where Pierce like oh here it's finally starting oh this is awesome oh what the hell <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some and i think like one of the names is this mysterious guy walking down a hallway production <laughs> <laughs> every time i see that now because there's so many movies now have so many production companies because of all the financing they got to acquire it's nuts i like, know it's stupid yeah. yeah can't really just get money from one spot anymore no, no. studios aren't willing to do that yeah the times franchise. that the times they are a different yep Awesome, Brad. Is there anything happening around town? <laughs> That's a pretty good excitement. That bike. was pretty good. Bike, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely, there is. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, this week, the Mid- Midnight the Esquire is The Shining, so. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to be at that one, but yeah. you should. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies that I just never got why people love it, uh, like Clockwork Orange, The Shining. <laughs> it's it, it, for some, it's a crossover from horror into class and whatnot. I think I it's a, it. I think it's a fine thriller. You know, you know, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Here's some trivia for you guys. It opened the same weekend as Friday the Thirteenth, and Friday the Thirteenth crushed it. That that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because Friday Thirteenth is a better movie. Yeah, I said it. What you want to fight about it? <laughs> <laughs> actually, now that I can drive, I think I might go to that midnight. It's only because nice. I haven't, I didn't get the Shining 4K at Black Friday, and 
I haven't watched Money well saved. I haven't watched that shining that shining movie on a big screen. So you remember at the end when it ends and it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. He's always been there. Yeah, he's always been there. Yeah, but why? How is he always there? I just assumed that the spirit of the hotel <laughs> sucked his soul into the yeah. picture. And you watch it. So and, he wasn't always there. And everyone you know, talks about Nicholson's performance. You know, He's really over the top throughout this whole movie. Because he's just being Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> I like the movie. He's I, just I gotta being... tell you, <laughs> I'm not crazy about this idea. <laughs> Fucking Jack Nicholson. Oh, I my... like him as the Joker. <laughs> my favorite line in The Shining, though, is like, oh, my wife will love it. She's a horror nut, a confirmed horror addict. She'll love this house. Mm. Wendy! <laughs> That's He's just being Jack Nicholson. I mean, I, I think the best Shining is the Simpsons parody of The Shining. <laughs> Give it the bat march. Give it the bat, 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 bat. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what's, what's going on around town. What do you think, Marge? As Colin gets. <laughs> no TV and no, no beer TV make Homer something, something, something. Go crazy. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I've been watching so much Simpsons on Disney+. Plus. I love when Willie gets hit with the axe. He goes, is that the best you can do? Plop. <laughs> I'll get your children where you cannot protect them. In their dreams. <laughs> oh, that's a great... I love... Freddy... Willie could come back at any time in any form. He comes back from behind the bus. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I left my gun on the seat. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I love the two words, like the killer crusty doll. You know, Marge, Marge, the doll's trying to kill me. The toaster's been laughing at me. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your problem. Someone uh, set this doll to evil. <laughs> set this. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah, they'll do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it just ends with him going to bed with the Barbie in the dream house. <laughs> 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 oh, man, Simpsons used to be so fucking brilliant. Uh. Those ten seasons are pretty well. It, know, I actually, you know, I've been watching some of the later ones because I kind of fell off the wagon. Are they okay? They're, they're, but they're not genius like the first. Yeah, they're, they're not like genius, <laughs> but they're still they're still have something to them. That's, you know what I mean? Like there's still charm to them. That's what I remember from like I the ones that we used to watch weekly were the later ones. So I mean, yeah. I haven't watched it within the last ten years, but yeah, Disney yeah. Plus, check yeah. it out. Right on. Aspect ratio fixed? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Yep. So we also movies are coming out next week on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, well, last week the greatest release, which was Holiday with Cary Grant. Uh, oh, that is so. True. But we weren't around this week. Oh, so well. You know, movies better when I watch it the, again. Mm. It's pretty great. I want to get that one. We were talking about it the other night. I need to get yeah. that in the office. Well, it obviously didn't sell that well because when they shipped it to me, it was still $32, meaning nobody bought it. Mm. You know, I talked to the Amazon guys um, one time because I got – what Scream Factory did I get from? Oh, no, it was $29, and on ScreamFactory.com, it was 19 And I sent this email. I said, why would I buy from you guys? And I just get it $19 and two weeks earlier from Scream Factory. And they go, oh, sorry about that. Here's $10 uh, – credit and uh uh $5 digital credit. All right, <laughs> I'll, still I'll, us. Yeah. Do you think they actually like look at their listings that often? Oh, they have to. It doesn't but then why would they do that shit? Because like, you know, actually I picked up Two Girls and a Guy is like a obscure Robert Downey Jr. movie on Blu-ray and it's been out of print for a long time. Right. And I got it for like $6 on there the other day. Mm. And usually it's like 1917. I got an American Masters on Johnny Carson on Blu-ray recently, and like it was five bucks. I'm like, this got to be too good to be true. Mm. So I got it, and the spine of the Blu-ray was all ripped up. Yeah, so sucks. yeah, but 
it's, the disc was fine, but Amazon crazy. Um, if you want to go on Amazon this week, you can get the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy on uh, Blu-ray. Um, oh wait, no one can see that. Yeah, <laughs> I just did the okay from it. Do 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 do. Um, what, what, was it Clerks where they were making fun of it where he's putting bananas in all the mm. tailpipes? Yeah. yeah. Billy, I need your help. All right, Axel. <laughs> Let's just quote cartoons the rest of the day, guys. This will be fun. Work, work. We are slaves. <laughs> I was driving the car. Mara's driving. How can that be? <laughs> I called to the stand George Lucas. I want my eight bucks back. <laughs> um, on 4K, you can get Gemini Man with Will Smith. What was the uh, one where uh, Alec Baldwin's like, yes, look at him. <laughs> oh, the 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 the, the, yeah. uh, the last Starfighter parody with Randall. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Look at him. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they should they should have Alec Baldwin be the bad guy in James Hunt Bob reboot. That would have been awesome. That wasn't so great if they would have mm. been able to. I don't know. Mm. It's so weird. I think that was just something Alec Baldwin was doing when he had nothing to do in the early two thousands, like because he wasn't really around. And then yeah. Thirty Rock happened. And, yep. Good for him. Um. Uh, on 4K, you can also get Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Hmm. Mm, I didn't see it. Did I, you? No. Okay. Uh, that was before. I, th- I think. No, it did come out when I had my season pass. I still didn't go. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Criterion's putting out The Fugitive Kind. Uh, you can pick that up. It's Sydney Sydney Lumet movie with Marlon Brando in it. So, uh, Shout Select is putting out Brewster's Millions, the Richard Pryor version, which I've never seen before. That's all right. Okay. Um, was the Jungle Book remake already out in 4K? No. Okay, then you can pick it up. That probably in... looked pretty good, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I... I actually think that movie's pretty good anyways. But... Have you seen the Lion King remake in 4K yet? Or mm-hmm. Okay. That's because I didn't like the movie that much, so I can't justify buying it at all. No, that's fair. I just that, I would assume that would be the barometer for how yeah, good it maybe. could look. I mean, the movie looks fantastic. It just lacks the heart. Yeah. Jungle Book does not, though. Jungle no, Book Jungle is Book's awesome. a great movie. Um, Kino Lobor is putting out The Great McGinty with Brian Dunleavy. It's a 40s film that I haven't seen, but I have it as part of the big hall of uh, Universal Vault series that I would gotten back when I worked at uh, my old work. So you can check that out. Uh, Screen Factory is putting out The Mummy Shroud from 1967. Nice. You can pick that up. That that this this looks pretty cool. Looks like a mummy, but a tree is growing out of his that head. That's cool, and he's like holding some hot chick. Yeah, exactly. That's See, what I love about hammers. Like they were, they would flaunt like their women on everything. It's it's crazy. I mean, there wasn't that much nudity in the movies, but it was no. always cleavage. It was classy, but edgy. Yeah, it's like it's like a Universal monster movie, yeah. but with a lot more into it. Um, also, is it a giant mummy? Cause he's he's it's kind of grabbing like King Kong. It's weird. Um, anywho, uh, Kino Lober's also putting out House by the River, a film from the fifties uh, with Lewis Hayward. Uh, you can check that out. Um, and looks like that's about it. Uh, there's uh, oh Krypton, the complete second season, which I heard that show's no longer around. So it's not. So the last season. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then the final season of Veep, uh, which that cover looks pretty awesome. Yeah, actually, I can't believe I, for- I forgot I ordered it, but because I, I, I love Veep. It's, it's an awesome show. Oh. I, 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 I like the creator of it because he did the Death to Stalin movie. Yeah, they, so. uh, they always had, um, when I was in uh, training at my job, I was called a fucktard. I've never heard that before, and they use that on that show. <laughs> so that's when I was sold on that show. Nice. 
Uh, and then the last thing that I see here is Jexy, which is a film that I know Brad saw. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember if he liked it or not, but it was fine. Okay. Well, that's cool. It exists. Yeah. yeah. The best part is just how mean this the phone is to him. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Um, Romantic comedy can just go away. Right on. And that's Blu-rays. Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a reissue of A Dog's Purpose. Wait, what? Did you want a reissue? Did you want a newer version of A Dog's Purpose, Ryan? Yes. Okay, then you can get it. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> That's Blue Rays. Cool. There is some movie news today. It's real news. The second sometimes annual nerdies will be taking place this year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, we're going to be presenting. So this is the true measurement of yes. quality. So filmmaking. This, this is kind of a shock. And um, this is exclusive for all our listeners. Robert Downey Jr. will be receiving the Lifetime Nerdy Achievement Award at our celebration. Congratulations, Mr. Downey. Yeah. And feel free to come by and pick it up. Yeah. At your leisure. Yeah. Anytime. We'll, we'll be here. Um, Don't have to call ahead first. You can just show up. But uh, in all honesty, that is the first award. Um, Brad and I talked about it this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Downey Jr. D- has received the Lifetime Nerdy Achievement Award. Um, and then we'll, we have a few other uh, categories we're still working out. Uh, we'll look for them soon. And then we'll you'll have a way for the people to vote, Brad. Or how did we do that last time? Uh, we figured out some kind of like Google form. So, yeah. um, so we'll figure something yeah. out um, yeah. as soon as we have uh, the categories and the nominees. Um, so yeah, that's probably the only award show you need to know about today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only one that's properly judging quality filmmaking. Exactly. And unlike other shows that have no hosts, we'll have three, maybe five hosts, depending on what the week is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. I mean, if there's other news, I mean, I guess we can talk about it, but, um, yeah, I guess there was like a Spider-Man adjacent movie that yeah. got dropped today. Oh, we want to drop to start with that. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. We got a trailer for Morbius, uh, with Jared Leto. I don't know. I thought and the most Jared Harris was, was uh, Michael Keaton who was in it. Yeah, that, so I guess he's out of jail. Uh, it seems like now they're actually going to set up a Sinister Six thing because if they have Morbius, the Vulture, they already have Scorpion and Mysterio. I still don't buy that Mysterio's dead. And Carnage and, and Venom. Uh, Carnage and Venom. Well, there's six. Because um, I really don't buy that Mysterio is dead. Uh, one, because he's a master of illusion. And it would just fit into his narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I I'm watching it, and I go, okay. It still seems like it's like B level, like when you watch it. I don't know. I mean, it's really early. It doesn't come out for. Morbius is a villain, right? He is a villain. The trailer just makes him feel like such a hero. Like, oh, he grew up as a uh, paralyzed kid. <laughs> and are we gonna do antihero like we did with Venom? Or? Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, technically, he's an antihero because he does team up with Spider-Man every once in a while. My favorite Morbius story is uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I think it's 96 through 98. And in it, Morbius bites Spider-Man and he, Spider-Man kind of goes crazy. And uh, so then he ends up fighting Morbius in it. So he always did Morbius get Spider-Man's powers. Cause it feels like, no. So he, uh, he used Spider-Man's blood to cure him of his like hunger and his vampirism. Mm. And so he bit Spider-Man and uh, they ended up fighting. And I mean, it's, John Romita Jr. did the art. It's an amazing, like, I don't know. I guess amazing is not the right word. It's a solid story. And I don't really, I can't really pinpoint a Morbius story. Go, that's a great Morbius story. You say what it wasn't amazing. Would you say it was spectacular? No. 
Okay. No, maybe sensational. sensational. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I like Morbius as a character. Uh, I like him more as a villain because he just fits the profile better. I mean, he literally drinks people's blood. Well, the trailer kind of makes it look like he might be. Well, I think. Well, he's always going to straddle the line, so he'll um, split the difference in this movie. I liked that it kind of looked horror adjacent, which yeah. was pretty nice. Well, I mean, and I mean, his the image of Leto as Morbius when he's actual Morbius is straight from the comics. Yeah. So it's cool that they're embracing that. I, I mean, I don't know. It just, I mean, it comes, it does come out for a while, but some of it seems like it's not quite finished yet. But I also said that about Venom. And then when I saw Venom, I go, oh, yeah, that's what it is. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, I'll watch it. There is a little Spider Man graffiti <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and obviously, the Michael Keaton vulture thing tied together. And that makes it kind of feel like maybe part of Spider Man being part of the Marvel Universe, too, is somebody's like, okay, well, you got to let, you know, us play with all of it where spider-man's part of our bigger universe too mm-hmm. um so it's cool i mean if tom holland shows up that'd be pretty cool yeah uh, but it also seems like he might be on the run because they spray painted murderer across the spider-man image yeah well yeah uh, obviously referring to mysterio yeah convince everybody that he's yeah oh that's right yeah so yeah so it'll be interesting and i mean i think that's a great angle because you know, they really can't do newspapers anymore so him being a podcaster or an alt-right kind of uh, yeah, shock jock, shock, shock jock. Uh, what's what's a conspiracy nut? What is the one that they're making fun of? What's oh, Alex uh, Jones? Uh, yeah, that Alex, Alex Jones, Jones guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'll see it. Obviously, um, we'll see how it plays out. It's still ten months away. So it yeah. was like it was like one of the greatest joys of my life was seeing that cameo at the end of that movie because I was oh, just like, awesome. oh my god, they brought my dreams to life. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it wasn't on your top ten list, but I mean, it's no, no. No, great movie, but no, yeah. no. I mean, it's not as good as whatever fucking documentary you put at ten, but whatever. What do oh, I know? I think I think you'd like that documentary. Uh, probably, it's not as good as Spider Man though. Oh, whatever. Yeah, moving on from a comic book character to a comic book fan, uh, Kevin Smith announced that there's going to be a Mallrats uh, sequel called Twilight it, of the Mallrats. Isn't this like six years ago? No, I uh, see. I thought that too, but I guess he's written it a different way now. What about so. Mallrats? I don't think that's happening anymore. The new title's called Twilight of the Mallrats. So. I hope not. <laughs> I, you just, know. just put Mallrats 2 on it. You know? I, hey, I'm totally down with that idea, too. But, I mean, whatever. He says Clerks 3 is first, so, you know. I've also been led down different paths with his announcements before, so. Yeah, I just hope he cares about it. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's a thing that's going on. Um, moving along, though, um, The Howling is getting a remake from director Annie Machete. I'm excited for yeah, this one. I'm down. That so, sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, I can always use more werewolves in my life. I, I hope he embraces certain parts of Dante's film. Like, yeah. cause, like well, hopefully he doesn't embrace the, the novel as garbage. So hopefully No, he- no, no, no. Like, I just, it's not that I necessarily want, like, it to be, like, a camp fest. But I want it to be fun. Does that make sense? Like, I just want a fun werewolf movie. I don't yeah. think I've had that for a while. So, um, uh, moving on into another horror realm uh, of sorts. Uh, saddest news, to my knowledge, is that Scott Derrickson is no longer involved in Doctor Strange Two. So. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Do- Scott Derrickson is no longer directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He uh, announced that he left the project. 
on due to creative differences with Marvel or difference of opinion or whatever the situation. Oh, whatever. does he want to do like a more rated R version? I my guess is that he wanted to inject way more horror into it, yeah. and that Marvel might have been a little apprehensive. Or, Dang, that's, or maybe that's they just didn't see eye to eye. That's, see, that seems well, yeah. more reasonable. Like, um, I mean, I'm not going to put the the blame at Marvel, like because they worked well, together well before. So yeah, and I mean, he's saying on an executive producer, and he's Amy he mentioned it in his tweet as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, I hope they get someone interesting to do that because that's <laughs> yeah, that concept think, sounds awesome. Like uh, Guillermo del Toro, I think would be amazing. <laughs> oh, but I, I mean, I, I don't think he'll do it. Like, or it'll be in development forever. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, moving along, uh, the Television Critics uh, Associ- uh, Association uh, had their convention, and a lot of TV news came down the pipeline. Uh, a lot of Star Trek stuff. Uh, Noah Hawley, uh, who's attached to do the new Star Trek film, said that it will be a return to regular Trek for Star Trek Four, which I think pretty much that means they're going to back off the action a little bit and maybe focus a little bit more on the... Because the series are doing really well as being Star Trek? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, me out. So I've, I was streaming um, a fo- the football game yesterday, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of uh, ads for Picard. It's TVMA. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. That's awesome. The Discovery Show's got like swearing and nudity. And... Does it really? Yeah. Oh, now I got to order that. Oof. I mean, I'm. I'm. When does Picard come out? I haven't been paying attention. January twenty third. Twenty twenty third on CBS All Access. <laughs> you're. A, I mean, you're a bigger Trekkie than. But I, I mean the. I mean the trailer's awesome that they've yeah. been showing. It looks like a feature film. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't believe some of the special effects they have. I'm like, holy. Looks cow. better than some of the movies. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so I've got to. I've got to get. I gotta get CBS All Access now. It's just not. Really it's unavoidable. Get, I really want to get the Discovery Steelbooks, but I'm just like, as soon as I start buying them, like the third season won't have a steelbook or something. Do you think they're gonna last as long as like traditional Trek shows have, like three to seven seasons, something like that? Oh, or? probably not seven seasons. Think you maybe get five out of it. Yeah, at most four. It's, it's still five. the. It's still the. Well, there's three series I haven't watched all the way through yet, but and Discovery being one of them. So. Yeah, it depends I'm, on how Picard does. I think if. It, Card like blows up, they might get overshadowed because they've also got that animated Star Trek series coming out too, Lower Decks. Yeah, funny that you mention um, Discovery though, because uh, they're uh, working on a spinoff starring Pike and Spock. So, uh, which I haven't again, seen that season yet, but people really loved it. So. Okay, so yeah, again, I have not been up to date on Star Trek. I I like I'm interested in Picard because it's taking place in the future yeah, and picard's like and, an awesome character well yes that too i'm not even a trekkie but i fucking love jean-luc picard well yeah i mean you've seen one of the well you've seen all of the next gen films and yeah so, seen so. All the films. well yeah. yeah but uh with next gen like first contact's fucking amazing um but uh uh yeah just i i don't know like is have you heard like so they like it with pike and pike and spock in there or yeah, like all, all, I, I didn't see the second season yet, but like everything I heard about the second season was like that was the highlight is okay. Christopher Pike and um, Spock was okay. Rebecca Romaine Stamos is, is she really? or Romaine? I don't know. If, I don't think they're together. Yeah, it's just Rebecca Romaine. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's married she's to Jerry O'Connell too. now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. For a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah. longer than yeah. Stamos, I believe. But they've but. been doing like little web shorts with Spock and her. Mm. So okay, right on. Yeah, no, like Picard's got me fast, like like interested because it takes place in the future and. I, I don't mind a prequel series, yeah. but like I like that they're blending, not just it's just not not just next gen people. It's 
Voyager and yeah, like hopefully seven, some seven to nine people. Yeah, yeah, seven to nine being there sounds cool. All right, moving on. Uh, Ryan, we're getting that Chucky series uh, straight to order at Sci-Fi. Nice. So, uh, and that one's being headed uh, directly by Don Mancini. So, I, I mean, I think the one that came out last year wasn't bad. It's, it's just, not bad. Just I just different. I like Don Mancini's sense yeah, of humor. I mean, but I mean, if you're going to make it a new child's play, at least make it different. They did. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, uh, and then also, um, the Lambs haven't stopped screaming because Silence of the Lambs sequel series in the works at CBS. Here's my frustration with this. We had a good Hannibal show at mm-hmm. NBC. And we couldn't keep that around, but we could do this. Yeah. I, now, that being said, I like the idea of a Clary Starling yeah, be awesome. show. So it's, I mean, And you can make it you know, episodic. You can just have her solve a new crime every week. Exactly. That's going to be awesome. And I kind of hope Jodie Foster is creatively involved somehow. She doesn't have to be in it, obviously. But. Hey, guys, I'm Clarice again. um moving on um seth mcfarland's leaving fox i know moving to nbc to help them with the peacock streaming service um yeah i didn't even i haven't heard much of seth mcfarland lately because i don't keep up with family guy the way i used to so yeah that's an autopilot he's working on oh yeah mostly yeah so he's yeah he's doing the orville and i mean he obviously he's in control of the writer's room but they really just write in he shows up and does the voices and um yeah I mean, they're, they're paying him $250 million. I'd leave, too. Yeah. Um, I've heard that Orville's really good, so I want to check that out. Yeah. Right, right on. Um, and uh, the last piece of news before we move into the biggest news is Mel Brooks is bringing Young Frankenstein musical to television. This is the only musical they've been bringing to TV that I'm remotely interested in, so I'm excited for that. Um, and... Uh, that's the biggest news of the day was that the Oscar nominations were announced and so where they do them so early. This is earlier than usual because they're even doing the show earlier. So. Yeah, because the show's like February. No, 4th. I mean like in the morning. Oh, like oh, I, they've I, always been early. I know that's what I mean. I think it's weird that it's so early. It's so that they can make it to press, so that they can have it ready for. Is that a thing? Now? Well, not not anymore. But at the time, it was for papers. So now I think it's just. So well, that, it's also. The East Coast is two hours was, ahead of us, so yeah. I mean, I was working out this morning. And I was just getting alerts constantly, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that happened at five eighteen this morning." Yeah, but uh, your best picture nominees, I'll just do those only: are Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, yeah, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, on their own. Little <laughs> Women, Marriage Story, Nineteen Seventeen, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I mean, so, Avengers yeah. Endgame wasn't nominated, so I don't care. Yep. Yeah. Well, that, this is already invalidated. Yep. Yeah, amongst a list of other complaints I have, but I will no, keep those right. to myself. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's some cool things. Scarlett Johansson nominated twice is fun. Um, there's a couple surprises in there, but mm. yeah, you know they do this every year though, where they have you know they'll have Joker or they'll have uh, you know Logan or whatever, and then you know it's not going to win. They're going to give it to some artsy fartsy fucking movie <laughs> because that's all people care about in that pretentious thing. No matter how much they say that they want. To bring it, that's their problem. Is they want to bring in new people, but they're not picking the movies that people actually like. Well, it's the it's the it's the voting body that's not doing. Yeah, it, that's what so. I mean. But it's also garbage too because the critics and people that are involved in the Academy. I mean, Avengers Endgame is ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is ninety six percent. So that's still the two same people. So when it comes up, like, oh, this isn't the best movie, even though I really think it's an awesome movie. Mm. And then you got something like, and I mean, I like Once Upon a, Once Upon a Time in um, Hollywood, but what is that, like 68%? So it's not even. No, that's at like 80. So it's still not even like. Joker's at 69. So it's interesting yeah. that End- mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame 
doesn't get in, I mean. but like, Joker the, does. You have so. these same people that still turn their nose on whether it's horror, whether it's comic book movies. Oh yeah, because Us wasn't nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. That's my problem yeah. with it. But, it, but I mean, whatever. You know, you know. people aren't always vo- uh, voting based on merit. Sometimes no. it's like, hey, this will get our film a little extra recognition well, and it's a extra yeah, million dollars in revenue yeah exactly you know when you read there's uh great articles they'll, they'll start publishing them pretty soon on hollywood reporter mm-hmm. where it's um the completely honest uh like oscar ballots mm-hmm. and people always say well i never i didn't see any animated movies this year so i'm just gonna vote for toy story because i know that's re- supposed to be good yeah and these and are people go, who are in the those voting. are people that are in charge you go what? yeah yeah it's okay. even more disconcerting because you vote based on your block so yeah. that's other Exactly. animated movie makers exactly. saying like, yeah i didn't see this other one i only saw mine so and there are yeah. certain nominations in the directing category that i'm just like oh so people weren't yeah, watching Scorsese. no that makes perfect <laughs> sense because he made a great movie yeah. um i mean i would have wanted anthony how many oscars is enough <laughs> <laughs> never enough never enough never 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 he doesn't um, have the excuse that he's never won anymore so that is true he doesn't have that excuse you know, we didn't anymore. mention like the the new birds of prey trailer every time i see that trailer, oh that's I'm right like, that did come out every time i see a trailer i'm like this looks pretty fun it, yeah i can't it wait it looks stunning like it looks it, i mean the cinematography reminds me of batman and robin, robin <laughs> but in a like a fun way yeah. and it works for this yeah well, there's no stupid ice puns exactly yeah, I liked that little joke about the Bruce about Bruce Wayne being the the hyena. <laughs> that, and, I mean, uh, Robbie's playing Harley Quinn with kind of an edge to her, though, too. You know, because I mean, she's like shooting people and headbutting them, and I mean, it looks fun. She gets to allowed. She's allowed to be a character. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love that they didn't just like oh, retcon a... Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like they really let her take the ball and run with is, that. Is Leto in the Suicide no, Squad? No, sh- no, he's not. Like, I guess it's just. The Joker and I broke up. Okay, I'm doing this now. No, I mean, I, I, I'm not talking about Birds of Prey. I'm talking about The Suicide Squad. The one James so. Gunn. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, hmm. I don't think so. I think he's a living yeah, vampire a now. Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and then the last piece of news I have, um, Buck Henry died. And uh, that's sad. He was the screenwriter for The Graduate and uh, helped create Get Smart. If you haven't seen the pilot for Get Smart, he directly wrote it with Mel Brooks, and it's hilarious to this day. Uh, Get Smart's a great TV show. Yep. Um, Using your f- shoe as a phone, that's hilarious. <laughs> it is pretty fucking hilarious. Stop not, being not, a jerk. <laughs> not that part. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I love Get Smart. I'm not trying to yeah. shit on it, but it still is kind of corny fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely... Um, What's the thing that comes down called? It's like the cone of... The, the cone of silence, yeah. The cone of silence, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's totally stupid, but it's still awesome. Yeah, it's it's... It works in tandem, and actually, like, I he didn't have anything directly to do with it, but I still like that Steve Carell get smart oh, yeah, um, no, movie that they did. Um, but it's like a show that they created out of the necessity to keep up with the market that James Bond was creating yeah. with his success, and it's, a that, it's amazing. And also, The Graduate's a masterpiece. And if you've yeah. never seen What's Up Doc or um, Heaven Can the Heaven Can Wait remake, um, y'all should check those out. Those are great. But Buck Henry will be missed. He was also on SNL in the early years, and he was hilarious in those yeah. too. And he was Liz Lemon's dad, Dick Lemon. <laughs> That's news. Cool. We watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call "What We've Been Watching." So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Oh boy. I watch so much stuff, guys. Buckle up, boneheads. Yeah. You're going for a ride. <laughs> I'm going to just try to get the old stuff out of the way. Um, 
some rewatches. First up is I rewatched Charlotte's Web, and I'm just going to uh, talk about it by uh, reading the review that I wrote on Letterboxd for it. <laughs> Three stars. The Sherman Brothers music does a lot to distract you from the fact that this is a story about an overly dependent pig who uses the gift of his prolonged life to siphon the life from an even shorter one <laughs> by, winding her, by winding her into constructing a successful marketing campaign so much that it kills her. He repays her sacrifice by burying her children in his shit all winter. It's also a commentary on how lazy people are about reading, uh, about reading and shows how they only focus on the headlines. If they did any investigating, they would have been far more impressed that a spider knew how to comprehend English and Latin adjectives and hyperbole. Cute movie. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, Spoilers, spider dies. No, no social commentary about the rat, <laughs> Templeton? Not the lamp, not the rat! He's gluttonous, I guess? I don't know. It's a veritable smorgasbord. Um... It's it's a classic. Uh, the music, obviously, from the Sherman Brothers, is just like so catchy. Yeah, um, it's great. But My mom loves that movie. As an adult, and like looking at the subtext of things, I was just like, huh, that's interesting. This, <laughs> 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 like, I like as a kid, I never really thought of like, Wilbur as like being this like really whiny, like <laughs> entitled pig. Yeah, you just think he's a kid pig, and that Charlotte's really nice, and then she dies. Yeah. Then. I I want to. I kind of want to see the 2005 like CGI version. Just oh, to see, like, what, what they did with it. Yeah, I forgot that existed. Yeah, yeah Oprah's in that. Um, That's all I remember about it. Yeah, rewatched Two Frame Roger Rabbit at a midnight, and that was great. Um, I, did I, I tell you my favorite scene? <laughs> <laughs> uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Haven't seen that since like 2008, It'll and uh, so it's, it's way slower than I remembered. <laughs> like it's not. Laugh after a laugh. Yeah, it's um, like a drama comedy, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It takes its time. Um, I rewatched Looper um, for the awesome. fir- first time in a while. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, again, a lot smaller than I remember. Um, but the most interesting thing is picking out there's a scene where Jeff Daniels is talking to Jessica Gordon Levitt, mm-hmm. uh, kind of evaluating, like, you know, why are you here with this company? Um, and he makes a. I should have looked at. Uh, Re looked it up before I came here, but. It was basically talking about how, like, it was mirroring The Last Jedi where he's talking about, like, in in Looper, he's talking about the Hollywood system and, like, remaking movies over and over again. And it kind of mirrors his, the past needs to die uh, in The Last Jedi. So I'm like, yeah, he's been on that for a while now. It wasn't just before The Last Jedi. Or, mm-hmm. um, and then speaking of Ryan Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson released a, an audio commentary that you could put on your phone and listen to while you watch the movie in the theater. And so I did that at the Alamo, and it was pretty fun. Nice. Uh, having he it in my ear the whole with, time. Uh, I think he did it with Looper. Yeah, he did it with yeah, Looper. Yeah, I didn't get it then, but... Yeah. It was something that Kevin Smith was trying to do for Clerks 2, but the studio wouldn't let him or something, or the theaters wouldn't let him, something like that. Yeah, I think more directors should do that. Like, yeah, it's I interesting. Know. I think it's cool. I mean, he's... I'd see a movie twice to do I that. I mean, Ryan Johnson has always been a cool, like, movie guy. Yeah. He's really... And also, like, a lot of the criticisms I had while watching the movie, he kind of... I, he addressed... Mm-hmm. Um, so like the whole fact that I'm like, oh, okay, well I know who the killer is in the first couple minutes, and uh, then he explained the history of whodunits, um, and how that was how he wanted to turn it on its head, and like and why that why that's justified. So mm-hmm. uh, where I just thought it was a gimmick. Um, then I watched uh, something I've had on like I I just now noticed the Voodoo app on my um, Blu-ray player, mm-hmm. so now I can connect all to my digital. 
uh, archive movies, and I've had Cold Souls on there forever because huh. um, I can't like the only event on, on DVD and the cover art sucks, <laughs> <laughs> so I've avoided it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a movie with uh, Paul Giamatti. He plays actor Paul Giamatti in the movie, um, and he's currently doing a, a play, the play Uncle Vanya. And he can't quite connect with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a rut, so he decides to. He finds this ad for a soul removal company, gets his soul removed, um, and then all the complications that ensue from that. Uh, simultaneously, there's a Russian version of this where they import Russian souls. Uh, so he takes, you know, he, for the for the character in Uncle Vanya, he wants to have like a more total tortured yeah he existence. was agonized yeah uh, yeah and uh so initially he doesn't take any soul and then he just kind of acts like a sociopath all the time like, <laughs> like people will be in pain and he'll just like ask really insensitive questions of them um and so then his wife starts to notice that like you, you're being an asshole and mm-hmm. then he's like okay this must be it so he tries to go get his soul back he gets the Russian one, and it's like too painful, like mm-hmm. and beautiful her experience. Uh, so when he goes to swap it out again, he finds out that his soul has been stolen by the Russians, and so he has to go to Russia and get it back. Fucking commies. Um, yeah, and so he basically learns to appreciate what he has. Nice. It's a movie I've heard a lot about, but I haven't seen. So yeah, I'll um, check it out. Yeah, I wish I, was on, I had it on Blu-ray because probably watch it more. Uh, Catch me if you can. I rewatched that, and that was. It's a good movie. Probably the thing I appreciate most about the movie is the fact that by the end, he's not like a criminal in jail. I mean, he is, but like those two, uh, like were two characters at odds with each other eventually came together to be a team in the end, which I thought was a great resolution to that. Um, Because like he's not malicious. He's just. He's a kid. um, Who can't like deal with his parents' divorce and. Um, it's, a, it's a lot uh, heavier than you think it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he did all that like so early, like in age, like it's mind blowing. It's a Spielberg movie that when you think about it, it might be one of the more mature, th- like one of the most mature of his movies. Like yeah, yeah. that's not strictly a historical drama. Yeah, it, you know? It's interesting how they do. They sell it to as this like fun globe trotting heist, heist. Movie. Yeah. Movie. And it's kind of just this kid who's lost and he steals people's money. Tom yeah. Hanks is great in that Tom movie Hanks too. Oh everything. god! And once you find out you're good at something, it's hard to like let that go. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. And then uh, what was it? Oh shit, I forgot. Anyway, um. Yeah. Then I uh, rewatched what uh, what lies beneath. Hmm. Um, which was a lot more supernatural than I remember. Um, I think the movie would be better if there wasn't actually an element of supernatural. I think yeah, maybe because I do like the darkness Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford's really great in it. Yeah, but that, that's my point is like I think yeah. the movie would be a bit better because they do a really great thing of making you think um, like it would be better if it really was him making her think mm. that it was supernatural. So he's, he was manipulating her yeah. like constantly. Um, so the outcome's the same. It's just, like the fact that there's like a, you know, her ghost corpse coming back at the end and like kills him and yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Friday the Part Seven. Yeah. Remember when her dad comes out and kills Jason? You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the idea that he's orchestrating all, yeah, all no, these things to cool. make her think she's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been better. Um, I'm getting that in the Invisible Man this year. Hmm? Mm. Yeah. That's going to be see a trailer for that. I'm like, this movie looks pretty great. It's going to be fun. 
and I love it. I rewatched Pee Wee's Big Adventure because it was the Midnight the Esquire last <laughs> week, and <laughs> I might have noticed this before, but I didn't at the time. But a lot of that movie is James Hunt Bob Strike Back. <laughs> um, not necessarily Ooh. beat for beat, but I mean the whole finale is Paul Rubens is so great in that movie. Yeah, yeah, um, but like it's studio hopping in the in the yeah. finale through all the different productions and then like uh you know he saves all the animals at the pet store at the end which kind of feels like them letting all the test animals out yeah. of the lab you know i don't i'm sure i've told this story on this but i love uh ruben's delivery because he leaves the t-rex with simone andy <laughs> andy andy <laughs> he goes to the biker bar to his private hangout for science helpers Nobody hit me to that dude. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. And when he walks in, he knocks them all over. Oh, fuck. The part where uh, he... sure you let him go. <laughs> <laughs> the part where he... Um, Still Tim Burton's best movie. He's with the escaped convict. Also like the, the Diamond Thieves. Um, the the I forget his name, but he dresses oh. up as a woman, and <laughs> no, then like when how... they escape, the convict like looks over and is like, "I'm kind of in her." It's so, yeah, it's so wrong, and you don't get those jokes until you get older, you know. And yeah, it's, and the uh, cops like, "I'm gonna need to step out of the car, please." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just want to get a good look at you. <laughs> like, Ugh. Ah, pity the fool who don't eat my cereal. <laughs> it lends credibility to what Ryan says about like these small jokes that just nobody kind of like hits on. I, I love yeah. the joke when he's um, first on the road and uh, he's talking to the guys like I'm on the run. Like, why? Well, you know those mattresses on uh, tags on mattresses you're not supposed to cut off. Yeah, well, I cut one off. <laughs> yeah, well, I cut one of them off. <laughs> and when he's like doing the Alamo tour and his face of like just complete boredom, oh. like as he has to wait for the tour to end. <laughs> oh, that's so heartbreaking when he finds out there's no basement in the Alamo you know, and everyone's I, laughing at him. I've been him. noticing <laughs> that stuff like on the Office too where you know i've been just i just pick random episodes to watch and the one where the fun run and uh angela's explaining to dwight what he has to do for sprinkles and he slowly starts like looking away from her <laughs> realizing he has to kill the cat it makes it more funny when you know what the end game for it is <laughs> it's just watches watches reaction when she's explaining how many sh- shots sprinkles needs and what he needs to do it's so funny um <laughs> Yeah, and then I watched uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which I haven't seen in forever. I was kind of waiting for a minute at the Esquire, but I, I've missed it too many times. But I was blown away. Like, they don't get to the Chocolate Factory till like, 45 minutes into the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember how long the movie is, but it's, like, well, like an hour and 40 minutes. It's, like, an hour minutes. and a half, yeah. Yeah, something like but, that. But, yeah, it's, I thought most of the movie was the factory, but nope. he takes care of those mem- kids real fast. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> just the most that. memorable part. Yeah. Um, well... As a kid, I never really thought of, like, you know, Willy Wonka is like this fun, like, as an adult, you're just like, this guy has had it in for these kids. <laughs> like, they've been personally selected to be tortured. Um, it's like a, doll hates children. It's like a Saw movie with Gene Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Stop. Help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was probably the best delivery when Augustus Gloop is drinking from the Chaga uh, River and he falls in. And, Somebody do something. Please. Help. Yeah. <laughs> Great delivery. Uh, and then I uh, rewatched all the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. Uh, Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return. Probably, I've seen Fellowship a lot of times since the theater, but I think this is the first time I've seen Two and Return since 2003. Wow. So, um, better than I remember, but uh, now I'm just noticing, like, 
like clearly the and this is all the, the also the extended editions so there's like a, there's a lot of extra stuff that i'm like i can't remember what was in which version sure but overall i'm just like yeah there's a lot of stuff that is extraneous uh but um now i'm just watching like i really see like it's not so much just people fighting fantasy battles but uh like it seems like they address the corruption of man a lot um and people in power not living up to expectations or being good leaders um especially i forget i don't know the the guy's name saruman no the the guy john noble plays him but uh boromir's dad oh um the steward of gondor the steward of gondor Yeah. yeah and just you know just treating Faramir like shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, and then being crazy he's when he's about like to burn him not alive. actually dead. Ugh. Yeah. Stuff like that. It was just like, here's this guy who's supposed to rule the kingdom, like not rule the kingdom, but like take his place. And, you know, he's standing out on the ledge watching all the armies fight. And he's just going like, oh, I guess we're doomed. Like just not leading these people at all. And just being a terrible, terrible person because he's going mad like and it's supposed to be a madness that spreads in their family and yeah it's just it's wonderful um yeah and then uh king theoden uh you know having like <sighs> his advisors whisper in his ear like all this bad advice yeah. and then chucky does that <laughs> yeah and a young kate planchette yeah yeah and she's in it less than i remember yeah yeah um, she's well like that character's not really no like Super prominent. She's probably in the Hobbit trilogy more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other things I don't like about like, Return of the King is just how much time we spend with uh, like Frodo being uh, fatigued. It's just like, oh my god, let's, let's get to Mordor already. <laughs> like, I get it. You're tired, and the ring's heavy. It's your own fault. You watch the extended editions. It's a perfectly fine three-hour <laughs> theatrical cut. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think Fellowship is the best one for me because it really deals with like the temptation. Yeah, uh, I always like the, the second one a lot. Really? Yeah, I have yeah. to rewatch. I haven't watched them in a while. I mean, I've seen them since the theaters, but I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch them for my Lanchette marathon. But yeah, you know, I gotta. I'm on. I'm on. You. I'm on your level because, like, as as I've gotten older, Two Towers has become really good, especially because yeah. of Bernard Hill and playing right. Thad and like, oh god, yeah, that storyline just gives me the chills now every time I think about it. And also, like overall, like we, the heroes would not have won had trees not walked or supernatural undead characters been able to like fight back tree he's no tree he's an ent yeah i'm going to ent you <laughs> <laughs> and then the new stuff i watched i watched uh honey boy mm. uh, which was i think henry's number eight yep mm. um and that was pretty good like definitely f- acting like firing all cylinders um if you have like issues with your dad it's a rough watch because <laughs> um, uh, Shia's dad is like really like in some aspects you can tell like he loves his kid, but also he's really abusive psychologically and not not the worst I've seen physically, but still it's like really inappropriate. Um, but both the little kid and Shia LaBeouf are just, I mean, Shia's also kind of channeling his peanut butter Falcon character a little bit. Um, but really it's like they're on their game, uh, just doing some really intense stuff. And I thought I saw like another feature about, maybe it's not on here. I guess not. I guess Honey Boy was the only new one I saw. Oh, Knives Out. Yeah. That's what I watched. Zach? Uh, a couple of things, huh? My catchphrase. Um, rewatched Yoga Hosers. 
Um, still don't really love it, but I had more fun with it this time around. Um, I think it's at the end of the day, I, it's kind of like what I said before the first time I saw it, which I'm like, the movie's not made for me. My wife hate follows Harley Quinn Smith on Instagram. Hate follows. Cause she's, what? cause she is, my wife says she's an annoying vegan. So it drives her crazy. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. I mean, did Harley Quinn Smith like mail her a bunch of sh- stuff? Like why? Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty of vegans. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> why? No, 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 to hate follow. I don't get that concept at all. Because <laughs> well, you're not a chick, dude. Okay. That's okay. I didn't realize <laughs> that was part of the deal. <laughs> I, I just like, why pick on a 19 year old? There's plenty of vegans out there. I don't know why she has. I, I think it, it's more to do with um, because she's a vegan and um, who her dad is. So she only has what she has because of who her dad is. Mm. I mean, if, she, if her dad wasn't Kevin Smith, do you think she'd be an actress? I don't know. You never no. know. You never no, know. You guys don't have to be such pussies. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not just hate Kevin Smith directly? No, because he's funny. <laughs> Their his daughter is not. Yeah, Kevin and Harley are fine. Uh, yoga hosers, though, uh, like I said, not not made for me. But I will say I appreciated the prosthetics a lot more this time around, just because like I got into the spirit of how wacky it was this time around. It's an right so like, movie. yeah, I mean like. I, I, will, I will say, like, doing pr- practical prosthetics like that for anything, like, especially on that low a budget, I, I got to admire it a little bit. And like, it's just, you know, I always go back to the argument that I, I miss pre-super heavy weed Kevin Smith mm-hmm. because his ideas, again, Tusk, I think, is actually a pretty cool movie, but it kind of loses itself towards the end. Mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched where, it in a while. Where you, and you just focus on the horror of, you know, Justin Long talking to... To Howie. To yeah. How, yeah, the whole time is great. And even, you know, the walrus thing is fine, but then at the end is just, I mean, come on, dude. And I, then the yoga hosers thing with the, the Bratzy, Brats, Bratneys, or whatever you fucking call it. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I will say, like, and I, I agree with you because there is a clear division in his phase, and I've, oh, it's, grown out of, I've grown out of love with Tusk, but I still admire it for certain things. But, like, I will say with rewatching. There's no way he can make Chasing Amy now. No, I don't think so. But, um, I mean, well, we'll see. You know, Clerks 3 might be amazing. But, like, with Yoga Hosers, like, even though those brats, those brat, like, army is weird, like, it's just, like, the fact that that prosthetics being pulled off without looking too know. dumb, you I mean, know? It's like, fine. I just, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's an obvious yeah. deviation in his work. Oh, yeah. The, there's a split difference between who he was pre, uh, a and certain it, like, I, I like that he is, like, has a chill personality of, like, not worrying about what people think of him as no, much as he used yeah. to, but I also think like it's detrimental to his craft. I think so too. Because if he doesn't worry about what people think, then he has no critical eye towards what he's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, Brad. That's well said. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, like I said, movie's not made for me, but um, I, right. I'm still hopeful it'll find its own. There, there's, there's always, uh, I'll always like and support Kevin Smith because he, I mean, when I was in high school. Watching clerks chasing Amy and Dogma was my jam. Yeah, I do. Like we were just quoting the clerk cartoon earlier. Like yeah. I still love I mean, Kevin Smith. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I'll still listen to him all the time. I think he's funny. Mm-hmm. It's just that Yoga Hosers was one I just I hadn't gone back to. Yeah. Like other, unlike other ones, like I'll sure. go I'll go check out Jane Silent Bob Reboot the moment it oh, comes yeah. out on no, Blu-ray too because I it's still there. I mean, yeah. Affleck's amazing in Jane Silent Bob Reboot. He is. He's wonderful. Um, Made me fucking cry in that movie. So is Chris Hemsworth, even though he's yep. just a hologram. <laughs> um, Don't touch a hologram. 
<laughs> Same rules apply. Um, I watched the documentary QT8, um, which is the documentary about Quentin Tarantino that was on Fathom. Um, they put it out on VOD, and it's from the gal Tara Wood who did um, 21, the Richard Linklater documentary. Um, this one is a lot more insightful than I was led to believe. Um, however, it is very much a retrospective film. I just, I just making fucking movies. He's not in, he's not <laughs> he's interviewed not in. at all. No, yeah. he's not at all. It's, it's everybody else around him involved. And I think that's part of the point of the documentaries that Tara Wood does. But, um, they, they dig into his background and they go film by film up till hateful eight. Um, and this film was made prior to the Weinstein, um, uh, revelations happening in 2017 so they didn't release it until this year so there's not only footage or like additional information about harvey weinstein near the end um along with the uma thurman crash reveal from kill bill but there's also a preview for once upon a time in hollywood at the end of it um but the stuff that Michael Madsen's like the most insightful person on the documentary mm. because he talks like I mean it's not surprising it's just yeah, it's, I rarely t- hear him in an interview. He, he's pretty good in the True Romance like special edition. Okay. Like he he Yeah, he's one of those guys that yeah, he's really articulate. Yeah. Not that I mean I I mean he's a great actor but it's one of those guys like oh, yeah, he's really well spoken and Yeah, he is. He, uh, he you listen to him on the uh behind the scenes for the Maltese Falcon. He's yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, but he was very insightful in discussing Quentin, but also Harvey and that whole situation. So, like, it, just stories he was telling that, like, you've never heard before. It is. It's so shocking, the Harvey Weinstein thing, because you watch, I mean, you watch old Miramax movies, and you're like, oh, this is fun. And then they, you know, have the behind the scenes, they talk about the genius of Weinstein. You're like, oh, my God. It just taints almost everything that they've done, and they have some great films. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and the, uh, literally all the films that are talked about in this movie. Are Weinstein productions uh, or acquired by Weinstein? Because yeah. I guess Reservoir, well, Reservoir Dogs is independent, but and actually, like, a, there's a story that I loved is that Tim Roth and Michael Madsen they're all covered in blood on the set, and then they, you know, they rap and they go to hug and they their shirts stuck together because mm-hmm. of the fake blood, um, and then also um, he's wearing cowboy boots in Michael Madsen's wearing cowboy boots in reservoir dogs. Cause he didn't have a pair of regular black shoes. Mm. So that's why he hides the razor in his boot. And, mm. um, he told him like what song he was going to play, which is Steelers Wheeler. And so he just did the song. Like, it's just an improv dance. And he's just like, I don't know where that came from. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's the worst dance imaginable. So uh, it was fun. And they talked a lot about Jackie Brown too, which I appreciated. Um, and then the last thing that I watched was I found the steel book of Assault on Precinct 13 uh, for 11 bucks at Best Buy after a job interview. Uh, so I got it because when are steel books from Screen Factory that freaking cheap? Um, and I rewatched it and that movie still fucking rocks. Um, if you've never seen Assault on Precinct 13, it's about a assault pre- a precinct, assault on a precinct. That's the 13th. It's Precinct 9, Division 13. Um, it's got Austin Stoker in it, and Ryan, I, I have a question as a as a as an uh, officer of uh, of the law. If you were put into that situation, would you let the bad guys out to help fight the other bad guys? Yeah, and I'd arm them with tons <laughs> of guns. And we'd shoot a bunch of people, and then would you blow a can of like flammable and fluid? <laughs> and then I'd have them throw a gun to me, and I'd cock the shotgun. And go, I guess this is an assault against 
Precinct 13. I wish that was a line in the movie. That would be so great. That is a great shot, though, when Austin Stoker throws it to um, Napoleon Wilson. Like, he throws the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Napoleon cocks it real quick and bam! Like, it's just great editing. And, there, there, like, is, there is something to be said about Carpenter's early work, ugh. that there is something to him having no budget. Dude, he, he made a Howard Hawks movie out of literally... The surroundings of Los Angeles, yeah. like it's pretty incredible. And then you get Ghost of Mars, you go, oh, this is what he does with fifty million dollars. Well, I think I, yeah, he he was. Dying. I mean, that might that, be the exaggeration, but I I don't. I need to look back into like because he'd said around that point that he was done dealing with studios. So I think there was just kind of like a fuck it mode. But I don't know. Uh, I will say though that the. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen it or if you... No, I haven't re- seen it forever. Okay, the scene where uh, the the little girl gets shot mm-hmm. um, from the ice cream truck, it looks brutal on 4K. It looks brutal, period. Just like, but the 4K, like, the print looks relatively great. Yep. The print looks really great. Like, there's not... It's not a restoration. It's just, like, whatever print was already remastered. Mm-hmm. But... For some reason, it was just the blood was more exaggerated that time around. Like, it just, it pops yeah. better. The only part of the film that doesn't look great, and it's not the fault of Screen Factory, is the opening two minutes where there's a raid outside at night, and then um, a shot in near the jail cells where there's like a two minute section where the print is washed out. Everything else looks fantastic. So, if you haven't seen Assault on Precinct 13, you should check it out. Don't watch the remake. The remake's crap. I mean, there are parts of it I like, but all, overall, I prefer the griminess of that first one. So that's all I watched this week. Um, I watch a lot of, uh, rewatch a lot of things. Uh, Kellen got these um, reader books that uh, is the Avengers, and it's, you know, it says. Iron Man is Tony Stark and just helps him read. Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, really liked Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. So I we watched Ant-Man and he's never seen it. And he fucking loved Ant-Man. He loved that he could talk to ants and uh, he thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. And it's just kind of cool seeing him uh, become that way because, you know, I've been taking him to more and more movies this year. And so I took him to the 40X Star Wars and... There is something about like seeing your little boy cheer mm-hmm. and have lots of fun. I, I mean, the 40X experience actually, I think, helped him experience the film because it's hard for you know a little boy to sit there for two and a half hours. Um, but uh, and you, not enjoy lightsaber battles and spaceships. Yeah, like. <laughs> uh, no, he does. But I mean, like when you, you because of the 40X, totally immerses you into the experience. Um, so right away, unless you sit in the back right corner. Yeah, no, because we were in the third <laughs> row, right in the middle. Nice. And it was it was pretty great. It, I mean, I didn't know it moved with the camera too. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that was my biggest problem: is that like every camera move, you know, like the seats moved. And I'm like, yeah. it should only move for like the actual action on the screen. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it starts off. It's a regal, so it has the roller coaster. And so right away, Kellen got really excited because it did the roller coaster and it would blow popcorn in you. And um, but he cheered when Ray and Kylo were fighting on the Death Star, and uh, she, you know, she stabs him, and he went. He put his arms up. I go, oh, yeah, that's, got my, him. that's my boy. What I thought was really cool, too, in the 40X is when people got stabbed, it, like, poked you in the back. I'm like, yeah. This is... Really? Oh, that's crazy. I I did not expect it to be that... Um, did the air jets, like, next to your ears for the lightsabers get old? Uh, No. You no. know, the ones that I thought were kind of obnoxious were when things crashed and it was the things on your, like, legs. I was like... 
like the little that. whippy things. Um, yeah, you, I, I know. Yeah, I didn't get that f- for that time, but mm-hmm. I've, I've had it before. Yeah, and it, I mean, for Avengers. It, yeah, but it's it's pretty impressive, and it's you, you know. Uh, for the opening crawl, it would like tilt your seat so you could read it in the 3D. It was crazy, uh, but yeah, Kellen freaking loved it. I just, I just realized 40x would be great to do House on Haunted Hill or the Tingler, like the oh, old yeah. old ones, because oh, yeah, that would no, be great. right exactly what it used to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. it's a pretty impressive. I mean, did you get drenched with water in that lightsaber battle? No, oh. it, it just like <laughs> did a couple mists. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's expensive though. So for Kellen and I. To go was like forty dollars, and then Oof. it was really cold, so I really couldn't like search for parking. So the parking was twenty, and then he wanted the so right next to the pavilions, and then he wanted a snack bag. It cost me like seventy dollars for to. So you couldn't get the underground like comp parking. I didn't know that existed. Where's that at? What underground under the pavilions? Yeah. Wow, I don't I don't live downtown, Brad. So I don't know. We've been going there since we were in high school. I'm just surprised. Like, um, well, maybe that lot. What streets it off of? Uh, I think it's either Welton or Curtis. Mm. But um, yeah, there's like, like right before you get to the Hard Rock or whatever, there's like a oh. off to the right underground, and then so you was, take your oh, yeah, parking yeah, yeah, ticket yeah, yeah. upstairs and you get it stamped oh, for no. free parking. Right on. Whatever. Twenty bucks. Fuck. I know. <laughs> But I mean, I I didn't want to like search for parking. I was like, "Fuck this!" It's it was so cold. It was on uh, Saturday. Um, but yeah, no, Kellen loved it, and it was really cool. Uh, it made me give it a half a star more on Letterboxd. I liked that. Like that was the best justification for yeah. that. I was just like, "Aww." Yeah. So that was really fun. I uh, means I need to be careful with what I show Mattis. No, you should <laughs> show him all the stuff because it's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Um, Avengers Endgame first. I rewatched Holiday on Criterion. Um, uh, Holiday is a Cary Grant, uh, Catherine Hepburn film. Mm-hmm. Really small. It only takes place really in a house. Yeah. Um, but it used to be a play. And uh, the Criterion restoration is really great because uh, I, I, I had it on DVD. And the DVD is not horrible. But when, you know, what I love about Criterion is when they restore stuff in 4K, they still keep uh, the grain. Mm-hmm. For the old movies, and but they got rid of almost all the hiss and pop. Yeah, from the it's the, mostly the surface, soundtrack. like yeah. true surface damage. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's a really funny movie, and it's another movie where Cary Grant starts becoming Cary Grant, mm-hmm. and you can see his evolution as an actor, and it's really fun. Um, and it, he just plays a guy who's supposed to marry this one sister, but then he finds out that Catherine Hepburn's the more fun sister, and the one sister's trying to make him get a job at the bank, and I want to travel the world, and mm-hmm. um, he can't do it because. It's really simple, but the acting in it's really great, um, really uh, focused film, and it's hour and twenty minutes. It moves really quickly. I want the I I want to watch it now. Uh, I read an article. I can't remember if it's on Bloody Disgusting or some other horror site, and it's uh, top twenty horror films you might have missed from the last decade. And when they uh, highlighted, it was called, you're like, oh, I'll sh- I'll show them. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't missed any of them. Yeah, and uh, one's called uh, Lovely Molly. Which is directed by Eduardo Sanchez, who did uh, uh, Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. the, co-directed with Dan Myrick. You can listen to his interview on realnerdspodcast.com. Um, and it's about uh, – it's, it's a possession movie, and it's about a, a young lady who moves into her uh, family's home after her dad dies, and she just got married. And while she's there, uh, supernatural things might be happening, or she might be relapsing through drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a pretty effective uh, horror film, and it's pretty violent. Um, the one thing that I, I knocked it a little bit is he kind of relied on, even though it's not a found footage film, 
every once in a while you do like found footage stuff that kind of distracted from the film. Oh. Um, but the lead actress, uh, Gretchen Lodge, she's amazing in it. It's her first movie. And I mean, she's going through like these changes and there's parts where um, she might ping, might be sexually assaulted by a spirit, but she might not be. And she keeps on saying that she's seeing stuff that's not really there. Um, and uh, her descent into madness is really, really cool. Um, is it on Netflix? Uh, no, I it's I had to get the Blu-ray. It's, the Blu-ray is like $5. Oh, um, okay. I'll let you borrow if you want to borrow it. Because they also tried, if you watch the behind-the-scenes featurettes, they tried to make it like the Blair Witch where this really happened. So it's mm. really kind of interesting, but also they pepper it with really horrible acting. I haven't watched Blair Witch in a while. It's a garbage movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I saw it once. It's, here, here's the thing is after we interviewed Dan Myrick twice at Mile High Horror, yeah. I respected it more as him as a filmmaker than I do the actual film, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I, um, no, I get Because how he made it and how he talks about it, he's still passionate about it and how they made this really cheap movie and it made 200 and something million dollars is a really cool story. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it definitely touched a uh, nerve with people. I, I just think uh, it's just not good. It's a, it's a film that I forget so much that sometimes I'm like, did I watch it? But like, and then I remember that, like, yeah, I had the DVD. So yeah. like, so I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll probably revisit it eventually. I just don't right now. Uh, but I'm you sure should check out you should check out Lovely Molly. I mean, if you want to see a first time actress really go for it in a, in a horror film and put herself out there, and I mean, when you're in scenes for extended periods of time, like totally naked, but at the same time acting and being like dis- um, emotionally distraught, I, I think. That shows a lot of courage as an actress. Okay. Um, I want to check this out. So, yeah, I mean, you should check it out. Um, it's different, um, and it's violent. Okay. And uh, so I also watched uh, – so I'm tr- going to watch Kate Blanchett movies, and I can't decide on a name for the binge. I was thinking Kate the Great, but I can't think of anything else right now. Um, so if you have any ideas, please send them to me. Um, the first one I watched is Kate called – Kate is enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, I like that one. Uh I will not do it because I don't like uh, reality TV except for American Pickers, so I won't do that. Oh, no. Uh, Eight is Enough is a sitcom. From the 70s, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, but there's also the... What's the freaking... That's John K- and Kate plus eight. Kate plus eight. Kate plus eight. Okay. Um, yeah, barf. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I, I watched Notes on a Scandal. I don't know if any of you have seen this. Um, Here I am! <laughs> I like that uh, movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, you've seen it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that part has a little... Um, it's a so little over the top. <laughs> but the, the the movie is pretty interesting. Um, Judy Dench is amazing in it. Yeah. Um, so is Kate Blanchett. I think they're both nominated for Oscars for it, actually. Um, yeah. In it, Kate Blanchett plays this new art teacher who's obviously, like, cute. And while she's... I rate Kate. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> See? See, you just need someone creative. Um, not that you're not, Zach. <laughs> But just not at naming stuff. Okay. Uh, when you have a wife and a kid, don't name the kid. Um, My wife. <laughs> um, so in it, she plays a teacher who um, goes to the school and no one likes her. And Judy Dench is kind of the mean teacher there as well. Yeah. And they befriend each other. And then one night, Judy Dench finds her giving head to a 15-year-old student. Yeah. And it's a story about her having an affair with a 15-year-old student because she She's married to Bill Nighy, and they don't love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's way different than I thought it was going to be. And um, she's great in it. Um, and it, if you want to be depressed, kind of watch it because it's not really a happy movie at all. Oh no, no, no! Like, um, it, but I remember like it's one of those films. I can't remember the year it came out, but there's like there's two thousand seven, I think. Yeah, but there's like posters all over the place for it, 
and I and I wasn't old enough like to get it on my own to see it right away. So then I caught it on DVD, and it was not the film that it looked like from no. the way they advertised yeah. it or trailers. So. And, and I mean, the title comes from uh, Judy Dench keeps notes of everything that Kate Blanchett's character does, and she tries to blackmail her because she's in love with her, and when it doesn't yeah. go her way, she it, it reveals it, it. It's a it's an all over the place movie, but I yeah. do like what it's doing. Oh no, it's so, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a really good movie, and Dench is phenomenal. In oh it. yeah. So if you want to be kind of depressed and see get creeped out by stuff that is, I don't know. I don't know if I if I had a teacher that looked like Kate Blanchett, and she wanted to do me. I wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, it'd just be me. I don't know. Um, sorry, I was just thinking yeah. if I was if I did have a kid, I would be dumb enough to be like, I don't know, we'll name it Kid. Like, no. <laughs> That'd be sweet, actually. I'd, I'd, hey, Kid, get over here. Yeah, that's your name, um, Kid Eastman. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I watched was Brad lent me Tammy and the T Rex. Oh boy. Um, and I don't know what I watched, but I was entertained. <laughs> it's not the best movie, but you watch and you go, okay. Uh, there's a part where. The T Rex is eating a bunch of kids at a party, and then because he's has the brain of the friend of this like gay guy in it, so the T Rex is eating people and he knocks everyone over, and the gay guy's like, "No, don't eat me!" And then he picks him up and dusts him off, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "And I, I don't know what I watched, but I was really entertained by it." It's a love story between a, a T Rex and a. High school girl. Yeah, because when he's in the barn and he's signing to her what he who he is, <laughs> I I don't know. And then, but I think why it's not quite as great as I wanted to be because I think it doesn't know what tone it wants. Because there's a time where like the T Rex stomps on a dude and flattens him, and then the next scene they're like scooping him up like a pancake with a shovel. Um, is it riff worthy? Like a riff oh, track? Oh, sure it is. Okay. I'd, I'd be surprised if there isn't one for it. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those movies that's so bad and goofy that you really enjoy watching it. Okay. Because um, there's a part we and Brad are talking about. Is that a funeral for? So the brain of Paul Walker is put in this animatronic T Rex, and I don't even understand what what's the doctor's end game with it. He just wants to bring life to an animatronic T-Rex. I guess, yeah, because they don't... I, <laughs> he just I, wants to prove the world that he did it. I watched it twice. I'm like, did I miss his you plot? You watched it twice? Yeah, I'm like, did I miss the plot of uh, why he's doing it? Nope. <laughs> no, he's, he's just, he's a, he has his own mission. He wants to prove to the scientific community that he can do it, and it's his dream. And you know, for a low-budget movie, the T-Rex doesn't look that bad. Um, some of the animation is really bad. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's made by John Beekler, so, I mean, it, the gore is pretty great. Uh, directed by Bigler? Uh No, he just did the effects. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's a part. So anyways, this kid dies and they're at his funeral and the T-Rex is at the funeral and he's supposed to be hiding. But they show this like wide shot and you can see the T-Rex just standing there. Yeah. And then it closes. It's not even a cemetery. It's just the no, park. And it's they like have, a like... park. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. And then they go to the T-Rex. And he's like, <laughs> he's wiping tears from its eyes. <laughs> Listening to his own eulogy. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like the Jean-Claude Van Damme guy who the karate guy who gets flattened by him. And it's bizarre. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brad, can I borrow it from Ryan now that Ryan's borrowed <laughs> it from you? Yeah, I guess it's up in the car. So. Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. And then Paul Walker and like her boyfriend are having like that fight and oh, yeah. they're grabbing each other's dicks. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is he's such a bad actor. I forget what he says at the part where he's like, oh, fudge, like the. The bad guy is such a bad actor. 
Yeah, that fight is ridiculous. They literally just grab each other's dicks until they fall on the ground and just keeps on showing their faces going. <laughs> and why is the title says Tanny in the T-Rex? Oh, God. I Is there a reason behind that? There is. I forgot. I forgot what it was, though. Um, yeah. Then you, you mentioned, it too, at the end where she like strip teases to his brain. And it, but it's through a video. He's like, oh, yeah, baby, that's what I like. I can't wait to have my buddy again. Okay, this is. Oh, so we get to go. <laughs> yeah, great epilogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it? I think it had something to do with, yeah, like it's part like a, like an Australian made movie. I don't remember. Mm. It's very bizarre, but yeah. it's one of those movies that you just have to see. And I didn't understand too, like you know, Paul Walker. Oh, <laughs> the part where so before the fight, he walks out and he, she's all lovey dovey with him. He's like, here, take this, and she goes, I can't take that rose. You know what happened if. I forget her boyfriend's name. Axel sees it. <laughs> and he, then he shows up on motorcycles and says, Hey, man, stay away from my girl. And they grab each other's dicks. I don't know what's going on. And she escapes from his, or he escapes from her bedroom. And then, like, her parents just let the whole gang inside. The side. whole gang in. And then they all run out and they chase him down. And he then doesn't they get very him, far. They leave him to die in an animal sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> he gets yeah. killed by a lion. He gets mauled by a lion. <laughs> Is just ends up in a coma. Oh, that's right. He doesn't die. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Bernie Lomax unplugs him. <laughs> that's right. Just walks in the hospital f- smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yep. With his slutty nurse <laughs> assistant. Oh, I'm in for a ride, aren't I? And oh, then God. I guess he lives with his uncle who's too drunk to ever notice that he's <laughs> gone or <laughs> dead. <laughs> yep. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I didn't realize Beekler did the effects. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, I was going to put some more... Uh, Blu-ray reviews up, but I had to reshuffle them because this will be on my top Blu-rays of the year. Because oh. Vinegar Syndrome actually did a really great job restoring it, and there's I, I don't know like two or three hours. I get, I have it written down. It's maybe two and a half hours of bonus features, hmm. and you can watch the PG-13 cut, which is not good. Hmm. I couldn't even watch the whole thing because it cuts out all the gore. That's like the fun part, right? I didn't realize there's both cuts on there. Yeah, mm. but yeah, that's part we're uh, in the family. Bernie like walks into the the barn and the T-Rex just <laughs> like. Right. Cuts him. Dude, he's, his guts fall out. So he walks to the barn and he's like, where are you? <laughs> it's a fucking T-Rex, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he can only be like... It's not pitch black in there. Yeah. And he walks in. He can either go left or right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the T-Rex in the corner like... <laughs> <laughs> and then he cuts him in half and then everybody just runs away. Like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's fun. Sweet. Yeah, I can't even describe You have to see it. It's, I, I'm excited. I cannot wait I mean, to. He, he calls her, too, on the telephone. The T-Rex does. Yep. Oof. That happens in it. I'm on, bo- I'm on, I'm on board. I'm well, on board. he gets out of the yeah. warehouse. Or yeah. <laughs> he gets out of the warehouse. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on board. I, I'm, I'm on board. There's a, The only other film that I want to see that you've described in, in such great detail of how ridiculous it is is an action film that I can't remember the title of. That involved like a skateboarder or something like that, like some kind oh, of skateboard. Oh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. That's the one. Yeah. Okay, you get, so. uh, I found it. It's actually at a Best Buy. It's at the uh, Littleton Best Buy on oh, Blu ray. Ooh. Yeah. They tell you I can drive now. I can yeah. go down to Littleton now. Yeah. I think it's only like $10, too. Ooh. And then the, like, the cops are really mean to the cop's gay son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the, they keep, it's just really weird. Yeah. They're like, ooh, here he comes. Yeah. Dude, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> yes. It's so weird. It's all over the place tonally. Oof. I don't know if it's a horror movie, sci-fi, comedy. Well, I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you like silly, stupid shit, then. Oh, yeah. I'm totally on board with this then. Yep. So I watched this week. Uh, <laughs> it's totally shift gears. 
Um, <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw 1917. Brad, should people see 1917? Uh, no, this movie sucked hard. Uh, totally disappointed. Knew it. No, I'm just kidding. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't into the story as much. Like it's, it's kind of follows the same beats as other war movies you've seen. Really, like the the draw is the fact that it's most of it's one take. Uh, so from a filmmaking perspective, that's really impressive, especially with everything that's going on in the background. Corinne, should people see 1917 or something to that effect with your call? Hey, nerds, it's Corinne. Sorry I wasn't able to join you guys on the episode this week. Work, unfortunately, is a thing. But I just wanted to share my thoughts on 1917 real quick. I won't spoil anything, but... Um, Overall, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, it's very, very tragic and very just, yeah, kind of dark. But, I mean, I, I expected that going in. I mean, it's a war film. So um, I th- I had seen the trailer so much that I thought that I knew how it was all going to end. And I didn't feel like a ton of suspense until about halfway through and there was something that happened that really surprised me. And I was like, wow, I did not expect that. And it was, um, yeah. And then, yeah, there there was definitely, like, an element of suspense that built up after that. Um, don't want to, again, don't want to spoil it, but just the idea of, are they going to do the thing? And anyway, it's just... It's a really, really well-made film. I thought the one shot or like the the long take thing would annoy me, and it kind of did in some places. It just felt like there was just a lot of walking that happened. Um, but I, I, overall, I, I thought it was really well done, and the the film is beautifully shot. Um, so I definitely recommend that people go see it um, if they can stomach those kinds of movies because I know not everybody can and I specifically had to go um you know during daylight hours like you know when I knew I was going to have time afterward to digest it and you know because it's it's one of those movies that I wouldn't want to watch like right before bed just because it is really sad and dark so and I and I cried for sure there at the end especially but I, I cried a couple of times I think but Really well-made movie. Um, it's already won awards, and it probably deserves to win more. So, interested to hear all of your guys' thoughts about it as well. Um, Want to give a quick little plug. Um, I am planning to start catching the classics again next week. I will see how my schedule shakes out, but just an FYI. And also, uh, everybody go check out the website, realnerdspodcast.com. I just posted the first part of my Rise of Skywalker review, so there's probably going to be a couple more parts to it. Uh, it, We'll just see how long it goes. Um, And also, by the time this episode gets posted, I will probably also have a a statistical recap of Filmsplosion. It's going to be kind of interesting. I basically went in and like scored all the movies that we reviewed 
or that we put on our lists. And then I kind of looked at like overall combined score, average score, so that kind of thing. Um, go check it out on the website, realnerdspodcast.com, and uh, talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Thanks, Corinne. Uh, Zach? Uh, yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that we shouldn't even be recording this episode right now. We should be going out and seeing it again because this movie is fucking amazing. Um, yeah, Mendes and Deacons knocked it out of the park. Yeah, no, this movie is, is amazing. Uh, it, it's two hours and it moves really quick mm-hmm. and it has this constant drive to it. And I think the single take shot helps with that where you're stuck with these guys and it's constantly moving. And I think that is a testament to the editors, the director and the cinematographer, mm-hmm. because you know, the whole time you're watching, man, how do they, the continuities do so well. And um, did they shoot it in order to keep that going? Uh, questions like that. You know, you think about after the film uh, here, here's a trailer for 1917. Like pick a man, bring your kit. I hope today might be a good day. Hope is a dangerous thing. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. Let's talk about this for a minute. Why? We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. story simple it's about these two guys that are tasked with the mission to go find this other battalion that's about to make a grave mistake uh, attacking the german front uh, where the germans have set them up basically set up a trap where they're like oh no we're not here anymore mm-hmm. and we're weak but they've really set up a huge fortification yeah and there's a little bit of personal stakes because the brother of one of the people on the mission is in that battalion yeah yeah and it's 
you know, it, what's really cool too is there's three really great actors and their parts are really small in it. Um, and but their parts are important. Whether it's Colin Firth, uh, Mark Strong, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, they all play generals in this or high-ranking officers. And they all they pop up, um, but you're really stuck with um, you know corporals, Lance Corporal, and uh, him and his I guess they're friends, and you know they have to go on this journey. Just them. And I, I thought it was interesting. The uh, first movie, one of the first movies I remember seeing where the bunker life was really hardcore. I mean, I've seen War Horse and a couple other World War One movies, but it's not really touched yeah, upon. Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of weird when Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty can put their differences aside to fight the Germans in World War One because well, everybody, everybody's going to fight the Germans. Exactly. Andrew Scott um, is the guy who sends him out over the uh, sends them both out over the trench and. <laughs> on their journey and he's a little adjective like you're gonna fucking die yeah and he's just like christening <laughs> oh, yeah, him with fucking liquor <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like make sure you throw this back because i don't want the fucking germans to get the flare yeah like, we, we need our supplies dude yeah. like we're like low on shit and the, i mean it just it it just gets you in there right away you know when they're crossing the no man's land and there's all those dead horses and dead bodies and oh, he, oh he, did he, he get cuts cut? his hand and then puts <sighs> it in the chest the corpse, cavity of yeah. that corpse and yeah. like oh that's infected Ugh. yeah it's you know and it goes Along and I mean I I think you know one of the most impressive shots are at the 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 farm and the dog fight uh, is so cool mm-hmm. and you're tracking that plane um, that's when you see you realize this movie is really special yeah. is I mean they pulled off stuff that they then they kill a character that I didn't think was going to yeah it, especially in a way too at all. where you know he's stabbed and you're like oh he'll you know he'll just have to suck it up and then. They shot in a way where you just see blood keep on pouring out of him. Yeah, oh, it, it got him, and it lingers on it so fucking long. Oh like, yeah, uh, and it's. I mean, that'd be a horrible way to die. Yeah, um, I, the scene before that though, when they're in the mine, or not in the mine, in the um, the bunker, the, the the bunker, the fortified bunker, and um, the rat going through, which like props to whoever was the animal control person on that film because that CGI rat. Oh, the CGI rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Ran on neat, but that um that whole experience with um within the bunker and them getting out was probably the most claustrophobic I've felt in a movie theater in a while. I don't know why, but it just it just unnerved well, me. I, like, I think that's the point of the movie though, because yeah, you're you're because you're, you're, again you're forced to be on these guys because there's no cuts. No, yeah, you're so not, it, it it sucks you into that world, and you, you're going to get claustrophobic because there's no cuts, there's no establishing shots, there's nothing. It's You're even feeling that way when you're in the trench, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's I mean, so narrow, and you're... You know, when he's running through there to get to, uh, what's Cumberbatch's general's name? Oh, fuck. Oh, there's a, I think he's a captain, too. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a there's also a great line that Mark Strong has. He says, make sure there's witnesses around. Yeah, because men love... General McKenzie. McKenzie, because people love the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- I mean that scene where after uh, he leaves Mark Strong is really intense. Where he's crossing the bridge and that dude's shooting a gun at him. The sniper from the top, yeah. yeah. Or well, you oh. think the whole place is empty? Yeah, yeah. And then they, that the scene at because it's the, basically the two long shots are it's two long shots that are split by him being knocked out in that tower after that mm-hmm. situation. When it cuts into that second half and that stuff in the night, like this is Deacon's. At his most oh, the, beautiful with that open lighting. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Just that open source light. It's just fucking beautiful. And it's just the the lights and the shadows are just fucking brilliant in that in that particular shot. And it's unnerving when he goes under and uh under one of the rubbles and that woman is there. She's with the baby 
and she's like, "This is my this is my baby. What's her name? I don't know. Who's the mother? Are you the mother?" And he goes, "No." Like yeah, I just, she's just oh, saving this baby. Oh my god! Like it was um, just ah. Uh, probably most impressive technically for me after that is so they're still in that scene and um, he goes into the next space and then kills those two guys. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then runs out and then so the camera's still following him running and then the camera still has to follow him jumping off the bridge into the water and then so there's like a cameraman that has to go in and not go under the water yeah but also get and then follow the camera while it's floating on the water and they're also like changing his uh skin tone because he's freezing uh, as yeah. he's in the water yeah i'm just like that is so much to track which that one shot that skin tone change also happens when um when his um, cohort gets stabbed oh, yeah. at the yeah. farm, and yeah, just and granted that CGI, but still, but I didn't even notice it at first. Well, like, yeah, it was friends dying. It's it's. I mean, it's a slow bleed out. That's horrible. Yeah, he way. he goes white, like yeah. like not right away, but like when you notice it, it's there. Like I'm just like, oh man, like that was a great makeup change. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's shitty. It's you know, you save this German guy, and he just. But you know, it's a great film. But from too. his point of view, the English guys were bad. <laughs> Um, it's a good film about that the immediacy of that war, and mm-hmm. it's a war that like we barely talk about because it's yep. you know it's it, it's a convoluted war in a lot yeah. of respects. Oh, yeah. Also, if they hadn't done anything for like another five six minutes, they would have had backup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. tragic. But it's yeah, it's, it was one of those things too because he, uh, you know, I love too where he finally gets to Cumberbatch McKenzie and he like says you know call it off and he says no I'm not gonna call it off. And then he says, you have orders. And he says, okay, call it off. He says, yeah, you never know. Like, get the fuck out of here. There's no lingering. It's like, okay, you did what you had to do. Get the fuck out of here. No one wants to hear me. There's no, oh, your friend's dead. Um, you know, he tracks down his brother. And then the last shot is when you see him having a family. And I, I think that's when you're supposed to relax. Yeah. But uh, it's it's... It's interesting because you expect them to be like, oh, you did such a great job making it to us. No, it's just, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Who are you? No, it's C- interesting. Cumberbatch's character expresses the most about like how confusing and like crazy that war was. Mm-hmm. Like Every account you read is like, it's a diff- they were dealing with a different type of warfare. They were de- dealing with different types of weaponry, like the use of mustard gas and chemicals. So like it's a war that they don't understand. So like if he has the chance to attack... He feels he's justified in doing it, and then someone's telling him to call it off. He's frustrated. Like it's actually a great scene for Cumberbatch, it, which is essentially kind of a cameo if you want to oh, yeah. technically look yeah. at it that way. You know, they even he has that one kid has a line. He's like, "I don't like it here." Before his friend dies, mm-hmm. it's, it's really it's a, such a well made movie. Um, yeah, and it deserves all the accolades because they don't. I mean, when's the last time you saw a movie like this? Silent House? I don't know. Well, Birdman, but Birdman's Birdman, yeah. Birdman's. Uh, but Birdman's pretty impressive too. I f- yeah, it is. I feel like this film in particular, like I would love to. I can't wait for it to be on Blu-ray so I can watch it with the sound off, not to do it like the whole way through, but just to watch how it kind of works on that mm-hmm. Hitchcock level. Because when I was watching the film at the halfway point, I was like, I think that this is what Hitchcock was going for with something like Rope, with that sort of seamlessness, and yeah. this seems like the fulfillment of that promise. Oh, yeah. So like, it was just. It was fascinating, but I will say though, at my theater at AMC, um, I was 
in the auditorium right next to IMAX. And there's moments in this movie where it goes quiet for, yeah. for, for an effective reason. And during those quiet moments, I either heard old people getting up to go to the bathroom and clanking their feet down hard on the steps, or I heard the sound of John Williams's music from the side. So I'm like, nice. this is all wrong. I'm going to Dolby next time. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. See that movie. See 1917. It's oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, next week, people want us to see Bad Boys, but I want to see Doolittle, so I don't really... I've, I'm I'm down for whatever I guess. I I assume it was Doolittle. Yeah, no question. Yeah, because it's Dirty J. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I I'm not a fan of the Bad Boys movies. I know some people are, but I'm not. Did you you remember when we were at Star Wars and that trailer came on and I turned to you and I was just like, I just, I'd say what we want about this movie, but at least Joe Pantoliano's getting work. <laughs> yes. They got new Matrix movies coming out. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh no, he can't. Well, he can't be in that new Matrix movie. He died in the first one. Uh, he could be a different Matrix guy. Mm, no, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna put. Do you see how he looks in the Bad Boys for Life trailer? I don't think he's gonna be hopping around the Matrix. Actually, I was, the so Mortal Makeup. Kombat's been updating constantly, <laughs> and there was this. Uh, I was playing as Cassie Cage, and her dad's Johnny Cage, and they have intros for every character, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he said, well, I forget what his opening is. And then she says, are you telling me I can dodge bullets? And he says, soon, kid, you won't have to. I'm like, oh, fuck, a Matrix reference. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's awesome. Um, yep. So do a little next week. Awesome. Well, until next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. We patched out of blood. Voyage down. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.